0: I'm Noah. Welcome to another edition of Across the County, and I really wanted to have a little bit of a wait before I brought to the table my thoughts about President Trump's speech in Tulsa, the big rally there that kicks off the re-election campaign, as it were, and I myself, using baseball analogies, and uh, Andrea Kay even did this on her show because I'm a huge baseball guy, and I'm going through withdrawals, people, so help me here, but I explain it like this. The speech was not a power grand slam. It wasn't going Deep and trouncing every issue that was on the table in November. But it was a home run, an inside the park home run that Trump had to leg out over two hours. And maybe he missed a couple of things, but I thought it was well delivered. And I know other people thought he, he was weaker in other areas. I'm still not buying that. And so I wanted to get a someone that really knows what they're talking about on the show that supports President Trump that was there at the rally. I'm talking about Jen Kearns, GOP strategist and contributor to The Hill, The Daily Caller, JenKearns.com, and also former spokeswoman of the California Republican Party. Jen, thanks for coming on, taking a couple of minutes with us.
1: Hey, great to be with you.
0: Well, you were born and raised in an Oklahoma, so that helps. And you went to school in Oklahoma. I'm noticing a pattern here. Was also, other than that, why was Oklahoma perhaps the perfect place for Trump to kick off his reelection campaign?
1: Well, if you look at the history of Oklahoma, you know, the, there's a reason we are called the Sooner State. Okay. Uh, sometimes we we jump the gun, we do things a little earlier than, than maybe other people expected us to. This goes back to the land run of 1889 hmm. in the state of Oklahoma when they opened all of the Western Territory and they said, okay, you guys can take a couple of stakes and some string and it, um, at sun up tomorrow you can, uh, we'll do the gun. Gunshots start and you can go clean your land. Well, there was a group of Oklahomans who went in a little bit early the night before in the cover of darkness and staked out some property a little before everybody else did. And I think this is analogous to uh, President Trump coming into the state last week. Um, You have a president who is under fire as COVID numbers are starting to spike in some states, um, including, they said, Oklahoma. But look, a spike in Oklahoma is a handful of cases compared to places like New York City and the state of California. It doesn't
0: even compare, does it?
1: Doesn't even compare. I mean, my mom said, oh, are you going to be safe at that rally? And I said, in the paper, there were like two added coronavirus right. cases that day. So, um, so look, I, I was the rally perfect? No, it wasn't. There were some seats in the upper decks that weren't full, but that place was about 80% full. And, look, I, I think the guy is darned if he does, and he's darned if he doesn't, right? He, it, could, he
0: could come out, Jen, tomorrow and say the sky is blue, and he
1: would be wrong. Right. And if he had completely packed that arena, they would have said, oh, there you go. See, no one was social distancing. Right. But since they left some seats and there was some wiggle room between people, that meant that he was less than successful.
0: Well, I think a lot of people were planning on attending the event, had their tickets and this didn't show up because the left has been so good at conditioning, saying, hey, we got to stay safe. You know, don't take any chances on this.
1: Right. I think it's partly that. And I think it's actually even more sinister than that. You have the last three and a half weeks on national TV, which is now basically people's local TV Mm nightly news. Um, People have been watching people be pummeled in the streets by the violent leftist mob. People are afraid. I talked to dozens of people and I interviewed specifically women on the ground who attended the Trump rally in Tulsa. And I said, Were you hesitant to come here today? And if so, why? Was it because of COVID or was it because of the potential for a violent riot outside Mm -hmm. of the stadium, you know, trash cans burning and people getting pummeled with things? 100%, not even close, Noah. 100%. The women all said, I almost didn't come today because of the potential for violence outside the stadium. We didn't know what to expect. I'm still nervous standing here today. I'm not sure what it's going to look like once the rally's over and darkness falls. But we knew it was important to come and be here because we can't be silenced like that.
0: Wow. Not one person said COVID-19, huh?
1: Not a, not one. Well, some said, a couple of them said, yeah, the thought of COVID, yes, but I, I knew that I had my mask. I knew that they were gonna hand out masks at the entrance. I knew they were gonna have, you know, extra stations of hand sanitizer. And they said, look, after three months of doing this, we all know how to social distance. We all know, you know, stick with the family you came with, you know, be in your groups, but don't mingle with other people you haven't been quarantining with. Sure. And, and they said that that wasn't the bigger concern. The bigger concern was, you know, getting their head bashed in. Look, I can tell you, I spoke with um, Tulsa Fire and Tulsa PD after uh, the event um, because I got a report from somebody saying, hey, I heard there were um, people trying to throw um, something called ice cream cups at people. Sounds friendly. Sounds fun, right? Sure. Sounds harmless. (laughs) <laughs> and tifa loves to do this um i did confirm with tulsa pd and he sent me an evidence photo of the evidence that was logged in um he sent this to me at 4:14 4 p.m a few hours before the rally took place mm-hmm. of quote unquote ice cream cups they were uh tennis balls and cups filled with cement that were allowed to harden and dry. Jeez. And they said that Antifa around the perimeter and these protesters were planning to pummel the attendees of the Tulsa Trump rally with these items. But a enterprising uh, Tulsa firefighter came upon them. They confiscated the boxes of these. And uh, the Tulsa PD, when I reached out for comment, they said, yes, it is true. So crisis averted. But here's the good news. It means that in a town that values law and order that has a Republican mayor that has a police force that is supported by that Republican mayor who respects law and order, they can actually get things done. They can actually shut down violence before it happens. I mean, it, that is so much better than having a story later that this actually happened and that many people were injured, maybe had head injuries, maybe had a riot that would have broken out. No doubt if that stuff would have been thrown at the men in Oklahoma, there would have been a, a major backlash. It
0: would have been game over.
1: Game over. Game over.
0: Well, you, and you bring up a good point, and I hate to say that that's even true because I'd like to think there are some good Democrats out there, and there are, but when overall you have these democrat run cities they're not taking the proper precautions to keep their public safe when the riots have been spilling out into the public streets and destroying businesses and people they want to stay locked in their home controversially you're in some place like tulsa and everybody knows hey you know what i'm still gonna go because i think they have it under control don't they
1: They do. And look, uh, I walked up to the perimeter. I got there early. I was um, helping um, work the event with the campaign. I was in the media section. Um, I got there early. I was impressed right off the bat. They had the perimeter set up. You had the National Guard in the outer ring of the perimeter. Then you had a layer inside of the Tulsa PD. Then you had a layer inside of that of Secret Service that was there closest to the president. If this had been done in other cities, look at Washington. DC look at all the statues that are being oh copied. geez yeah. you could actually have this sort of system set up around the National monuments you could have a ring of National Guard on the exterior then you could have the police closer to it depending on the city uh, protecting their own property and there that, should be but and they should be and, and it's just not done I also saw a couple of well, I'm fairly certain they were antifa members kind of scurrying around uh, outside of the uh, Tulsa perimeter. And they, they didn't succeed either. Uh, they were renting a bunch of scooters outside. This is how they do it in other cities like Portland and Seattle. Uh, they rent a bunch of scooters and a bunch of city bikes in these big cities that have this public transportation available. They commit these crimes, and then they take off on the scooters and the city bikes. Well, I saw a bunch of guys that were uh, checking out all of the scooters around the Tulsa perimeter, And uh, and I presume the PD or the National Guard ended up shutting them down because, again, we saw nothing on the nightly news of a riot after the Tulsa protest. And what that tells me, Noah is if you have a little bit, not even a lot, a little bit of law enforcement involvement, you can stop the violence in a lot of these cities.
0: Oh, sure. I mean, and and what I don't understand is a sudden call for, you'll see, even see the videos out there, defund the police. You know, we have a better way to keep the cities and the states safe, but in the very same breath, sometimes you'll see people that say defund the police, then violence breaks out. I've seen videos right around them, and 10 seconds Later, they're saying somebody call 911. Well, how's that working out for you?
1: (laughs) Right. And it was uh, so humorous. You had one of the uh, Congresswomen, I think it was, out with NBC's Andrea Mitchell the other day in the D.C. Black Lives Matter Plaza, which, by the way, that's just rewarding bad behavior. You try to burn down St. John's Church, a historic church, and three days later, the city has a sign made for you, and the street is now shut down, and it's called Black Lives Matter Plaza. Yeah. Talk about incentivizing bad behavior. <laughs> when you incentivize that kind of behavior, it's going to continue. But yes, you're right. The, the two ladies were standing there and uh, a, a transgender protester tried to attack the congresswoman. and that's when the two ladies, hardcore left Democrats said, ah, "Where are the police when you need them?" I mean, this is the kind of disconnect that the Democrats have. They're not connecting the dots between the police that actually keep people safe and the very few bad apples. And, and I've been told by folks in law enforcement, I have a couple of law enforcement clients, national organizations that are uh, focused on law enforcement. They told me this isn't just some bad apples like you're hearing on TV that are racist. It's probably in the percentile of 0.01% of the police force and i think what's going to be funny noah is when they set up this national database that they want to set up that shows the records of all these police officers I'm not sure it's constitutional because a lot of those officers have deals with their unions and their cities that their records of conduct and their personnel files can't be shared. Um, I think the mob is going to end up winning out on that. And we will see like a Megan's law database, except maybe you'll call it, you know, George Floyd's database or whatever you want to call it. Breonna Taylor's database. That's fine. But. Um, you're going to actually see the percentage. It's going to end up backfiring on Democrats because they're going to see the percentage of how low the misconduct of police officers actually is in this country. So Unfortunately, we have to ride it out through all of this ridiculousness uh, that we're seeing play out, but I think in the end, uh, the the police officers will be vindicated here.
0: We'll get back to the speech here in just a moment, but what I love the number you just brought up because it's even lower than the, the amount of bad cops out there, even lower than the death rate of COVID-19. I mean, it's so minuscule that, it, you know, it baffles me that you don't hear about all the good cops out there. That should be the stuff that's on national TV on a daily basis. The people that they save, the uh, the buildings that they protect, the uh, just the amount of safety that they bring to this nation, and it's ignored.
1: Yeah, it is. And look, uh, just a couple of weeks before um, all of this happened, uh, we were hearing reports of these heroic officers uh, going in. you know, I was based in New York City before I evacuated out of there during the riots. But in New York City, there were National Guardsmen and police officers going in to about 150 apartments a day in the New York City area to get bodies out. And those are, you know, elderly people, people that were no doubt Um, But think about that for a moment. These people before Memorial Day were heroes. And then after one bad guy uh, does something that's caught on tape,
0: they're all scum. uh,
1: they're all scumbags. And, and it's amazing how quickly it changes. It's amazing how quickly the mob moves. And that should alarm everybody uh, that our policies of our nation are getting changed based on the movement of the mob instead of by discerning uh, what's actually good for public policy.
0: I love it here in San Diego. Final thought on this. But, the you know, people have been outraged, defund the police. And here locally in San Diego, we actually got an increased police budget. And that made me very happy.
1: Oh, way to go, San Diego! See, I knew I loved San Diego. You, you guys always just you do it right.
0: When it comes, when it I think it has a lot to do with Jen. The fact that the military is very near and dear to our, a lot of a lot of our hearts, and it really brings us a different perspective on how we look at law and order.
1: Yeah, it really does. And look, you have you have some good Republican leaders there. San Diego is one of the last bastions of common sense in the state of California. You got to make sure. All your audience members are rolling out to the polls. That's right. That, that's where it matters. you got to keep that common sense in the county. Yeah,
0: as one of my good friends says, we are the land of fruits and nuts over here. So, thank God we have San Diego. <laughs> Jen Kearns with us, and she's a contributor at The Hill and The Daily Caller, JenHearns.com. Jen Kearns, not Hearns. That's a whole different person. JenKearns.com. <laughs> I don't know who she is. She's uh, trying to uh, hijack the show. Anyhow, back to the Trump rally, Jen. Uh, What were your thoughts? Did you think Trump hit it out of the park like I did? I mean, I know he wasn't as forceful as he can be, but I think he hit all the major issues. And I think it was a very well delivered speech. What are your thoughts?
1: Donald Trump did what he needed to do. He, he delivered one key line, and I can say this as somebody who wrote speeches for candidates for 15 years. I was an appointee of Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, was um, at the highest levels of California state government, uh, represented many candidates. You always want your guy or gal to go out there. You just deliver that one line for me. Just that's all we're here for tonight. We can have all the pomp and circumstance you want, but just make sure you say this one thing that nails it in the polls. And he did that. And it was this, that Joe Biden and the democratic party have lost control of the mob. Even Nancy Pelosi has lost control of the mob. How do you know this? You know this because the last time Nancy Pelosi was ever willing to go out and hold a town hall, uh, she actually got shouted down by the Dreamers and the rest of the mob, right? Wow. Same, same with Diane Feinstein. Uh, look at her, uh, her response to the mob. She had a bunch of uh, interns or college kids or high school kids in her office uh, last year and same thing happened to her. The Democratic Party of today has lost control over their own party. They've lost it to AOC. They've lost it to this left wing out of control violent mob. So what Donald Trump did, he went out there And he said one thing, a vote for Joe Biden is a vote for the mob. Joe Biden is simply the vehicle through which these mobs are traveling to get to where they want to go. Oh, he'll be a
0: figurehead for sure.
1: He'll be a figurehead. And you know what? The reason uh, suddenly they're all fine with Sleepy Joe is because they realize Joe is asleep And therefore, when he's snoozing, they can go out and do whatever they want. They can topple whatever statues they want. They can uh, write graffiti on every national monument they, they can. And, and he won't say a word because all he wants to do is just get elected and, and to check that box. But meanwhile, the mob's going to run roughshod over him and the party. And Donald Trump said, if you vote for him, that's, that's really what you're voting for. And I thought that was a great way to connect the dots for people. It was a
0: great way. And the sad thing is it's scary because if we don't win, and I'm still a firm believer, and I think that it's going to be a landslide for Trump. I mean, I know they're going to try and cheat, but a uh, good radio host here on uh salem hugh hewitt said if it's not close they can't cheat and i think there's a lot of silent majority out there that are still voting for trump and i think he's actually gained supporters but still the thought of joe biden winning and what trump said the violence you've seen now in sporadic cities across the nation jen that will be that will look like nothing because america unfortunately i hate saying this america will burn
1: It will. And look, you don't have to take uh, my word for it. The audience doesn't even have to take your word for it. Antifa writes this on their own website. They say, quote, we'll put a bullet in a Democrat, too. End quote. That's an exact quote from Antifa. You can also look at the Black Lives Matter uh, official website. Um, they, and I always say there's a difference, right? There's a difference. I believe Black Lives Matter, lowercase b, lowercase l, lowercase m, but I don't believe in the capital B, capital L, capital N because that is. Butting right up against that terrorist organization. Right. They're demanding things from people. They're shaking down corporations. And uh, their own leader said the other night on Martha McCallum show on Fox News, if we don't get what we want, we're going to burn the place down. And that's exactly what what they'll plan to do.
0: I like and what you said. Them- uh, go ahead. and Finish your thought.
1: Yeah, Democrats think they're safe, but here's the thing. As soon as they're done torching all of the Republican places, they'll head over to the Democrats next. So nobody's safe.
0: Oh, they don't care about party. It's beyond party.
1: Yeah, they want to completely topple. And this is also on Antifa's uh, website. They want to completely topple the United States government as it exists. And they want to they don't even want to rebuild Black Lives Matter wants to rebuild it to to a place that's acceptable to them. Antifa actually doesn't want anything built in its place because they, like ISIS, thrive and they thirst for, and they hunger for anarchy. They love it. These are kids out of jobs, out of work, mostly white. I think I saw a percentage that um, Antifa, I think, is like 95% white. But you never heard that in the news. No, you don't. These are guys These are guys and gals that hate their dads. Many of them um, are actually uh, living under aliases. They came from other states, uh, and they go into these areas like Chaz. A lot of the people in Chaz in Seattle these past two weeks are people... People, very young kids, 22 years old, 24 years old, and they already have an extremely long rap sheet. These are very troubled people. They don't want to rebuild anything in its place. They just want to burn the place down.
0: I like what you said uh, when you said lowercase b for Black Lives Matter. Do I believe Black Lives Matter? Yes. The statement, Black Lives Matter, I completely 100% agree with. The poli- 100%. The, a political organization, I want nothing to do with it. I'm sorry, they're terrorists.
1: Yeah, they are. When you you go to a group of people or a class of citizens or corporations or governments and say, if you do not give us this, we are going to torch your front yard, torch your building, torch your city, that is a domestic terrorist. Period. End of story. And here's what I would like to see from President Trump. You know, he said, I'm releasing this executive order. We're going to be tougher on the statue toppling. That's great. And you can say, hey, if you topple a statue, we're going to put you in prison for 10 years. That's great. And that's a good step for the individuals who are on the ground. But those people will still have people like George Soros and like their nonprofit groups, quote unquote, that will still pay their bail to get them out of jail. And in cities like New York. You don't even have bail, so they'll be out within four hours. Here's what the Scary. president really needs to do, and he needs the support of the DOJ and the support of the Attorney General Bill Barr to do this. They need to go after Antifa and to some extent the Black Lives Matter organization like they did the mob in the 80s. Remember, none of those guys ever went to jail for violence or killing people That's or right. threatening people, but they did get him on things like mail fraud, wire fraud, racketeering, RICO. Think about this. If you have an Antifa chapter who is raising funds and all of the Antifa chapters, by the way, are quote unquote nonprofits, 501c3 corporations, and you're saying that that you're a social justice organization, that you're actually using that money that you raised online to travel interstate and start riots, which also is a fe- federal offense, by the way, it's a felony to interstate travel and start a riot is a, is a federal offense. You could actually start tying back where these guys are funded. Um, you could start to dismantle their fundraising operations uh, by charging them with bank fraud and mail fraud if they're raising money and then using it for something different than the intended purpose. We need to be looking at all of these organizations. There are something like 16 organizations that are... Uh, connected with Antifa, um, and we need to find out who they are, where they're getting their money from, and it all starts with starting to arrest these kids, start suing the organizations, and take them into the discovery process where a judge is going to allow you to start opening up their books. And we'll find pretty quickly, if you follow the money, the answer is always there, right? Always
0: there. Do you think that this is something President Trump needs to address when he... Does the next rally? I think that I think he needs to go a, l- a little bit harder. He needs to call these people yeah. out for what they are.
1: Hundred percent. And I think this is what was missing in Tulsa. He did address it a little bit. He said, "You know, riots like that they wouldn't fly in a place like Tulsa, Oklahoma, right?" And the crowd goes, "Yeah, right." But you need to go further. Uh, Americans are watching what's going on, and they're terrified, okay? This is the number one issue. When I talk to people, and I talk to regular people and suburban moms and swing voters and my neighbor down the corner, they all want to talk about America burning. They want to talk about what are we going to do about the statues being toppled. Sure, it has to be stopped. That's why. Yeah. And and look, the longer you take to stop it, there won't be any more statues left That's to right. protect. Right. I mean, the longer you take to get these executive orders out, the mob moves at a warp speed. And unfortunately, sometimes our government doesn't move that quickly. But I know the Trump campaign can move that quickly because campaigns, I'm always a campaign beast. Campaigns can always move more quickly than the government can. And the campaign needs to be pressuring the administration and saying, look, this is, I think. Uh, Coronavirus runs a close second to it. But this violence issue is the number one issue of the election between now and November. And
0: I think he needs to make sure not just that he says that, because I think one big problem with the Republican Party over the years, they'll bring up an issue, they'll talk about it, but then they won't mention it again. You need to have what the Democrats do, which is talk about it, talk about it again, remind people so that they think about this and they say, hey, you know what, this is an important issue and they're actually taking steps to take care of this
1: yes right so often republicans are focused on problem solving and we think hey if we just uh, make a new law about this and that'll take care of itself and you know these mayors are all doing the right things by their cities well we've seen on the evening news that's not necessarily the case the governors in these states aren't doing the right thing to protect their people and neither are some of the mayors and um they're you know uh, tying the hands of the local law enforcement, and, and we need to be taking a broad approach. President Trump needs to come out and be talking about this every single day, putting a piece of policy forward that's going to help stop this every single day. It needs to be front and center, or else he's not going to win the suburban mom swing vote that he's already going to have a problem winning, but this could be the bridge that that gets him through to them, because they care. Those are the post-9-11 moms. They call them the 912 people hmm. these are the national security moms these are the the home security moms they care about the safety of their communities and when they see these bus loads coming in of people i get messages all the time now hey somebody said there's going to be a protest in our city tomorrow they're busing 200 to 400 people in what do we do if it gets out of hand i mean Moms are asking these questions and the president needs to be addressing this every single day. They need to be uh, this almost needs to be like a coronavirus task force that has a press conference every day. We need to be seeing President Trump and Bill Barr or someone from the DOJ up there every day. In fact, I think it would be a great idea. You know, I mentioned the mob in New York City and how they were handled in the 80s. You know who would be great to handle this is Rudy Giuliani.
0: I was you were talking about it and that name instantly popped in my head.
1: Yeah, Nobody I mean, better. wouldn't it be great? He could deputize Rudy Giuliani to be a special czar over domestic terrorism, give Rudy special powers to go after, start investigating who these groups are start investigating who their leaders are, because I bet their leaders have long rap sheets because a lot of their rank and file, I know for a fact do. And you start to dismantle and and look under their funding network and their multiple connections to other nonprofits on the left. You, you, you could really pop the hood on this thing and, and really show the American people, you know, it's one thing to say it on Fox news that these are leftist mobs, But if you could really show that it's actually, it is being funded by all the groups to the left, boy, that tells the American people where both parties really stand and and they can see for
0: themselves. And Jen, I think that's going to be the difference maker that if the Republicans, if President Trump, I should say, is able to do this, those are going to give him the extra votes he needs to win in a landslide. But he's got to play hardball because these Democrats are going to pull out all the stops and do whatever it takes to get Sleepy Joe in office.
1: Yep, you're right. He's got to play hardball. He's got to go tougher on this. Uh, Donald Trump, you know, he often gets told that he's too brash. He's too harsh. He fights with the press too much. No, be brash. This would be, yeah, this would be a perfect opportunity. Go ahead, friend. Be brash. Be bold. This is where we want to see you uh, be bold. And, And I saw him, you know, in person on the campaign trail in Tulsa he seemed to me, I don't know if he, he was kind of sleepy almost, you know, he was kind of, you know, sluggish and it was hot in there and he's kind of sweating. And so it's fine. This goes back to the sooner state. It's fine to go out a little sooner than you were expecting. That's fine. But now we've knocked the dust off. We've gotten the cobwebs cleared. We're all back on the campaign trail. Let's get it going. Let's be tough on crime. Let's be pro-law and order. That's the thing that's going to win the election. Because uh, here's the thing. If you look through history, look at places like Venezuela, Colombia, uh, other countries, Uh, the person who doesn't take care of the unrest, who doesn't hold the mob accountable, ends up being the party that gets voted out. That's and right. that will affect not just Donald Trump, that will affect some other uh, chambers in Washington, D.C. We, we don't want to lose not only the presidency but, but lose other majorities in D.C. It could be uh, quite tragic.
0: Well, I know everybody always says uh, when election time comes up, this is the most important election of our time. I firmly <laughs> believe that because I don't think we're going to get another chance should Trump lose this election because they're going to over... Not Joe Biden's not going to win the presidency. The extreme groups that are controlling him will and it'll be game over from that point.
1: For sure. You know, one of the first things, in fact, that Joe Biden could do if he does win is write an executive order that says every election from now on has to be vote by mail. He could also say, uh, you know what, uh, because of the mobs we've seen, we we definitely do have to do reparations now. I mean, the list of things that could be passed and proposed and done by. Executive endless. Fiat, uh, endless. And, and you're right. We if. Donald Trump doesn't win this election, we probably won't have another Republican president for 26, maybe 30 years.
0: I have never wanted to go actually to the polls uh, more in my life. This mail-in balloting thing is driving (laughs) me absolutely crazy
1: it should it should drive everybody crazy and look there there's a difference and i think we all understand um, as intelligent human beings there are, there are times when maybe you're traveling maybe you're, you're or you're sick and
0: you're not you're not able to do it i understand that
1: Yeah, maybe you're elderly, but look, there's nothing more accurate than an in-person vote because the statistics have shown, and I've been an assistant secretary of state in in California, the largest state, most populous state in the nation, and I was on the team that oversaw election integrity, okay, and let me tell you, Even on its best day, a vote-by-mail ballot is still riddled with errors. Mm. Sometimes the signatures don't match. There's nothing better than walking into a polling place, filling out a bubble, which is um, less error-prone, and handing it in. And the the likelihood that a vote-by-mail ballot could get lost somewhere uh, from point A to Z is a lot higher than if you just go in person. So, uh, you know... Here's the thing, though, about the mob. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to keep people from the polls, too. If they go into Republican areas, red cities, if if you can think that 20 percent of Trump supporters stayed home from a rally because they were afraid of violent mobs. Think about if you see people with AK-47s walking around voting centers, that certainly could deter folks as well. So it's important that everybody gets out and votes.
0: Big time. Go out and vote and make your voice heard. But we have a lot of time between now and Election Day. And as Trump has these additional rallies, Jen, I'd like to have you back on across the county and dissect these. I think he can only go up from here because it was already a strong performance. And now I think he knows what he needs to do to take it to the next level to honestly go back to the 2016 brash Trump you and I just talked about to put these Democrats and these Marxists. okay I'll go ahead and say it in their place. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. And look, it's not anything they wouldn't call themselves. Again, I encourage everybody to take a look at the Antifa website. Take a look at the Black Lives Matter website. Look at what their agendas are. It's pretty frightening. It's nothing short of Marxism and communism and socialism. They will tell you they had booths down in Chaz and Seattle, Uh basically handing out literature that that talked about just that. So it it really is a a fight for our civilization and it is the most important election in our lifetime. Hmm. I hope we never have uh, another experience like this in the next 25 years, but the only way to ensure that this doesn't happen again is to rebuke them so badly at the ballot box that they they never have the fortitude to do this again.
0: That's right. And for me, it's not even about Republican. It's not even about Democrat. It's about being American. And I think Trump is the best American running for office as we're talking right now.
1: Yeah, that's right. And look, for people who don't like Trump, and I know many Republicans who don't, it really is about the country right now. That's it's right. about do you do you appreciate civilization? Th- this is the issue that we had 20 years ago with ISIS and Al Qaeda. They didn't respect civilization. They didn't respect laws. They didn't respect norms. This is they no didn't different. Think- there's no there's absolutely no difference. Uh, Between the two, uh, you have a cartoon on Facebook now showing a hooded guy, a guy in a black hood, like a Baghdadi John from ISIS, who was killing people and beheading them in the deserts. Now you have a cartoon on Facebook that Facebook won't take down shows the same dark hooded guy slitting the throat of an American police officer. There's no difference between the two. And if you care about civilization, I don't care if you hate President Trump, but if you love America and you care about civilization, especially in a military town that lost so many people in the war on terror to protect that civilization, you got to go to the polls. I don't care if you're transient, your military family in San Diego, you don't normally vote in San Diego. Go ahead. Register to vote this summer. Make sure you do it and then make sure you get to the polls in November.
0: Amen. Jen Kearns. She's the GOP strategist and also contributor to The Hill and The Daily Caller. Jen Kearns, not Hearns, as I said before, JenKearns.com. <laughs> Jen, we'll have you back on after the next rally. I look forward to it.
1: Hey, sounds great, Noah.
0: Noah here and across the county. Stay tuned.